With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. everyone, welcome along to another podcast with the Three Amigos. It's myself, Stephen Clifford, and joining us today is the man behind Heart and Hand, the boss, Mr David Edgar. How are we? I'm good. Hello everyone, we're back to save the season. <laughs> we are indeed, and it's YouTube sensation, Mr CJ Novo, back to join us also. How are you, mate? I'm alright, mate. I'm just glad we're finally doing this again because the run we've been on has been shocking, so we're yeah. here. Very rarely do we actually get to use the phrase back by public demand, but in this case, uh, I think this is absolutely true. Similarly, because last season, you know, we did the show and, and we enjoyed it, and then in the summer we were all kind of off doing different things. Yes. And uh, rather than you know do the do the same show again, this is more just the three of us, three mates getting together to have a, a chat about Rangers. But as was pointed out last season, when we did do these, we tended to win. Yes. Uh, Therefore, not that we're madly superstitious or whatever, but uh, here, here we are uh, trying to, to do. But yeah, I mean, you, you take anything at all. We've all got these silly, daft superstitions that we do. I've got loads of them, too many oh, of them. Yeah, but yeah, ah, you, it, it's part of being a fan, isn't it? It's trying, to, trying to get control over this thing that we've no control over, <laughs> that we that we we let dominate our lives so much, but it's 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 not a choice, is it? But then you get moments like the full time whistle yesterday, um, or the full time whistle earlier in the season against Celtic, and you remember why you put up with it. Oh, beautiful, mate. Absolutely beautiful. Just watch us go on a run now and just see it change. Watch the back to back European wins coming up. And everything, hmm. it's all going to change. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's completely down to us. I mean, it is. I'm yeah, well, you don't. Yeah, I mean, the word hero gets used a lot, and obviously, we're too modest to do yeah, it. But if other never. people, no, but if, if other people were to do it, we wouldn't necessarily no. argue with them. We'll put, we'll put it that way. But yeah, it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back on a high um, with a good game to the I thought yesterday was actually a good game of football. Yeah. Um, 
for what it was, you know, obviously Hibs had a certain tactic. It wasn't going to be open end to end stuff, but um, Rangers were set a challenge yesterday and it had to go something to come through it. Yeah, we did. Um, it, I think this is probably the, the best place to start. Um, in terms of yesterday, it was. Listen, it was. Well, I think we all knew it was going to be a tough game. Rangers are, are searching for form, which I'm, I'm not saying we're, you know, out of form. I think we're patchy. I think that's the best way I would describe it. You know, there's 20 minutes good here and there in certain games. Yesterday, we actually did hit some decent form in the second half, especially. But it was one of those ones where I was more, before it had even started, I would take three points no matter how we get it. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm not really caring about much else. But what I actually got was something that I'd asked for. And we've seen it before in this Rangers team, but I, I got something that, that I love. And that is a team, CJ, that is just, it's got balls. Yeah. It's got heart. And even when they're not finding ways to win, there's players in that team that, that will stand up. Take Borna Barisic, for example, who I thought was a, a shining light of it yesterday. Maybe not having the best game. Could have done better with the goal. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps going and going. His determination creates a wonderful second. Stops at... He had a brilliant oh, yeah, interception about nine minutes where he slid in and it was kind of reverse and he got his leg round. Stopped it brilliantly. He celebrates like he understands, like he knows. And I just think that that overall... We've got something... You know, like we're not quite there, and we've, the manager said it quite a bit as well. But I just think that I'm not sure I would rather have it. That's not the right statement, but I'm bloody glad that we do. We have heart, determination, and balls. And there was some good football in that second half yesterday, especially. Um, and I was I was pleased with it. A really huge win. I thought we could add it. We could add it to it at the end. We were a wee bit wasteful, but we we, we weren't wasteful in that it was ever going to cost us. I think we were very much in control, um, mm. but. Overall, CJ, I thought that it was a, a very enjoyable turnaround. Yeah, obviously, well, obviously there's big moments in the game, but a huge result. I, I think it's one of those games that I, I mentioned this in my video as well. I'm sure you tweeted it as well, David. There was um, we bit of similarities with the Mullerwell game last season with the exact yeah. same behind, no really playing well going into the first half, needing a bit of a gut check. And once again, the Rangers team rose to the occasion and for me I, I can just look at this Rangers team and I think that's why it's interesting to look at this one compared to over previous where we do get annoyed and we get angry when we're not playing well or anything it's just frustration with this team because we know how good they actually are but it's never a question of if they're trying or anything like that or if they're down tools they try all the time sometimes it just doesn't work out but you've got players out there like Golton who's playing injured right now he played right through the entire game Gerard obviously said it was in a party training they were trying to work him through and they were hoping he was going to come through the big man went ahead and played the performance. Like you said about Barisic there, no playing particularly well up to he got his assist. But again, he's the ultimate confidence player. As soon as he gets that one moment of magic, it's like he believes in himself, Mayor. But even when he's no feeling confident, he's still run through a brick wall for the team. And I just love that we've got this real togetherness with the Rangers side. And that's what that one was for me. That was just togetherness sticking in it. Because as a tough team, Hibs have only lost once all season. And that was in European football up to that point. It was a tough battle. People can talk about the red card to make excuses, but I thought the red card played into their hands even better because they were able to keep with their five at the back. They were able to go even more defensive and just work on counters. That's what they were doing up to the, the red card after they took the lead in the game anyway. So for me, just like you're saying there, Stevie, you can look in this Rangers team and I, it's maybe no free flow and it might be no as good as attacking-wise, but they've never, ever wavered and given their absolute all and that's all that one was. 
David, CJ talks a lot there. Um, Harold, I a lot I of things. <laughs> <laughs> I do talk a lot. Yeah, you're spot on. To, to be fair, you'd be a bloody terrible podcast guest otherwise. <laughs> just going to start getting one for the answers. Do that's be self-conscious. Yeah. So that's David. See if people just going to sit there and do a. Aye, but if he was going to sit there and do a thumbs up, then uh, it would be a pretty pretty rubbish podcast, in all fairness. <laughs> CJ says a lot of good things there, David, but one of the key things that really stuck out was a word for me, and that's confidence. Mm. And we know that we're a confidence team. It's all about the second goal, etc. Um, but kind of uh, the things that we were saying there, do you agree with that in, in terms of the kind of heart and the spirit, determination, etc. of this team? Look, every team's a confidence team. I think that we judge footballers as these two-dimensional creatures that we see, you know, the match are on telly. And we forget that they're human beings with lives and heads. And they're prone to the same doubts and feelings that the rest of us are. Now, everybody that I spoke to, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to speak to a lot of Rangers fans through the week, uh, that we were all a wee bit apprehensive because we knew the team wasn't playing well. We were very poor against Dundee and I thought we were pretty poor, certainly in terms of chance creation uh, over in Prague. So the players are aware they're not playing well. You know, they're not daft. They don't think that oh, this is our top form. And the other thing I think is that when every team has got key players that the rest of them get a bit of reassurance from. Uh, and it's not just Rangers. I mean, Liverpool, when they've got Mo Salah there, Manchester United with Ronaldo, Manchester City with De Bruyne, whoever it is in world football, they have a couple of players on their side that they go, if I do my job, he'll he'll get something for us. And for Rangers, those players are Tav, Kent, guys like that, and neither were there yesterday. And I think as well, you see the difference with Conor Goldson just being there. I thought Conor Goldson was absolutely bloody awful against Dundee. One of the worst performances he's probably put in in a Rangers shot. But we saw what happened when he wasn't there in Prague because he is the offside line. He is the organiser. He's the guy. Just his presence there brings an extra dimension to the Rangers team. Um, and I think, again, you saw his leadership in the second half yesterday when he, he was stepping forward with the ball. So all of those factors combined that the team are aware, you know, that they're not at their best. Before the match, there's a very big sign of that by the fact that Nathan Parsons playing. Now, the manager could have, after the match, said, oh, Tav had a bit of a knock. Um, and he didn't. He, he was open. He was up front about it. Um, he, he didn't throw him under the bus. He said, you know, Tav can play 55, 60 games a season, but we feel as a coaching staff we've overused them. But that's because we've never had the quality replacement that we have in Nathan Patterson to come in, uh, which is a very legitimate point. We've, we've not had anybody even close to that. But... For him to do that was, A, a great sign of faith in the youngster, but B, it's saying, you know, Tav, you're not in the best of form at the moment. And I thought that Rangers going the goal down in the manner that we did, because from our point of view, it's such a simple goal. It's a good goal from Hibbs. Nisbet, by the way, I think is a really good player. Yeah, he's a good finisher. Yeah, he is. And um, he's physically filling out and he's, yeah, he's, he's got a bit about him. I know that people said, should we be signing him? He'll probably go for about five, six million. While we have Alfie, then no, we absolutely shouldn't because we can't be paying six million for a guy to do the what would be the hitting role, in all honesty, at the moment. Yeah. Um, is he going to get in the team ahead of Alfie? No. Yeah. So, you know, maybe long term, but but right now. But I, it doesn't mean he's not a really good player. And I thought the timing of his header was was excellent. And it was a frustrating goal to leave away because we've got three defenders. That we, a, Bonner should stop the cross. And B, we've got three defenders there and they all, well, no one near him when the ball goes in. 
and it made a challenge because again I go back to that lack of confidence you know that or or maybe lack of confidence in the fans maybe apprehension is, is the right word for that um and then in the first half you know we're not getting going I did think the crowd stayed with them to be honest I thought that the moans and groans would would really start about 20 minutes and they didn't really uh, and I've got to credit the the support for that and then Porteous makes that decision a ball that having watched it is what, 80-20 in his favour? Yep. He's going to win that tackle. He makes the decision to go in like that. Now, Stephen is just about to explain it to you folks. Stevie's a qualified referee. He referees games every week. And I'll be honest, at the time, sitting where I was in the stadium, I thought, that's a harsh red. Because, you know, I've only got one angle and I'm a good bit away from it. When I saw it back, then it's a red card. Because he's got the foot up. And if he catches Joe Aribo, Joe gets out the way. And it's a good job Joe gets out the way because if he doesn't, it's a leg breaker and he is going to be out for the rest of the season. It's really that simple. And managers have this phrase that I think we all sort of laugh at. He's not that type of player. <laughs> and so, and, and sometimes it's true. Yeah. But in Portes's case, he very much is that type of player. He does this regularly. Um, it's... It's a defect, not only in his game, but I think in his personality, because he's trying to hurt fellow pros. Are we going to get to the stage where he has to hurt a fellow pro to to, to get anything done about it? Hibs need to take responsibility. The guy's a danger to other footballers. Not because he um not because his tackling is, is rough. I go back to Gaza, for example. Gaza could not tackle and was a danger to other people and himself. But that was his technique. In Portis's case, it's it's decisions. It's I will leave a bit on him. I will try and um let him know that I'm there. But it manifests itself in violent conduct, violent tackles. And Stevie will, will say it better than me. Does that does that hit the if you like the level? for a red card well is it endangering an opponent it bloody was um was he in control of himself no he most certainly was not um which is why he, he you know he skates past the ball really uh stevie you you know a lot more about it than me but i must admit i thought that the referee who in scotland do quite often tend to take the easy option i thought he showed real uh, real good management of the game there I think it's key that he spoke to his assistant, which is what I liked. Both of them yeah. seemed to talk to each other, um, and they're obviously mic'd up. I think the key things is, you know, is he endangering an opponent? Yes. He's a straight leg, David. His studs are shown. And not only that, he's over the ball. He actually tops the ball. People talk about him winning the ball. Just because you make contact with the ball or effectively slide on it doesn't mean you've won the ball. As you said, he was in complete control of that situation. And had he stayed on his feet and went through um, Joe Rebo standing up, he would have done it quite easily because there's a physical difference in in the way they tackle, etc. So that ball was him, but he chose to do that because that's the type of person he is. Now, we've had Koulibaly, we've had Barisic, we've had Morelos, and now we've got Joe Rebo. And the common theme is that he leaves a bit on it every single time. It's endangering an opponent. If Joe Rebo, and I don't believe there's a massive amount of contact, but going in that speed, if you're even touched or there's a skiff of contact or whatever, it's going to bloody hurt. So he's done really well to kind of ride that as best he can. Is it wild and reckless? It absolutely is. and Everything about it is wrong. But the key thing is, 
and and why it's different from John Lundstrom's tackle in the, in the first couple of minutes is, and people will obviously say this, and they're already pointing it out. John Lundstrom in the in the second minute does jump in, and he doesn't foul. Though he kind of blocks him and, and blocks the ball. Is it a foul um, in terms of the laws of the game? Yes. The reason I say he doesn't foul him is because he doesn't hit him or impact him, and he doesn't cause Doig to move himself out the way or anything. But and it is shuts it down as well. Yeah, it is. In the laws of the game, it's a foul. Is he going to get a yellow card for that? Most likely he is. So mm. if he's got a yellow card there, then we couldn't have argued with it. But it's not a red because he's not endangering his opponent. He's not reckless or out of control, even if he is off the ground. He's just putting would, himself in a challenge. Whereas, I would prefer if our players didn't, didn't yeah, do yeah, that. But, just just don't leap in because it, uh-huh. you open yourself up to... Now, I agree with you, by the way, on all the things. He's not going to hurt because he's not endangering the opponent, so that is the difference. But I just think as soon as you do that leap, then you're opening yourself up to... Yeah. To a referee, yeah, I just, I just don't like it, and I don't think that the gain that you get for it is huge, you know, because that was on the halfway line. It was early. Look, it, it, it's the old thing, and we love it in Scottish football. Let's be honest, we love setting the tone, that, <laughs> setting the tone, a big early thumper, Woo! Uh, and I get yeah, in the crowd, right, and everybody's bang up for it. I mean, Alex Ferguson used to say, "Man, you that got the crowd going better than a goal." Um, because it just fires everybody up. But we know that football has changed. We know that the rules are different. And I think that this is, we're seeing again something, we, we spoke about this on the show a fair bit last season. I know we've all spoke about it on our own platforms, that the difference that we get up here uh, is that people choose not to understand the rules or i'd like to think that it's they choose not to understand the rules either that or they're just too stupid to understand the rules which is even more worrying because how then they can work a pair of trousers i don't know but it's it, it's this thing of well i don't think that should be the rule therefore that's not a red card no that doesn't that's not how it works right it's you're not allowed as a pundit to say ah there's no contact therefore it can't be a red no what you can say is i don't like this rule However, under the current rules, that the lack of contact doesn't matter and it's a red. That's doing that, your job. Sorry, sorry, David. I find that the most frustrating thing. You yeah. didn't touch him. So that does that mean that I can just go and karate kick somebody at the head if I don't touch him, it's play on? Yeah. It's, 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 that's it's, the frustrating I, thing on the back of the argument from yesterday for me. Or if you swing people, a punch at somebody and you miss. Yeah, of course. Aye, and you miss. People will bend the, the laws of the game to suit their narrative. We've yeah. seen it. We've seen a certain failed trialist who said nothing for the last 10 days become upset today because Ryan Portis got a yellow, uh, a red card yesterday. Yeah. And it's, it's all agenda. Story. It's all agenda. And yeah. it's it, it really frustrating. It's the same as last week with a penalty kick. John McLaughlin, it's a foul. It's a penalty. But it's a, an attempt to get the ball. Double jeopardy rules are quite clear. There's no way is it even close to being a red card. But, you know, you see the, the coverage that we got on the aftermath of that. And and Sky Sports, I think, on Monday, Dermot Gallagher spent about three seconds going, no, double jeopardy, that's it. It's not even close to being a red. But in Scotland, in the BBC, I think it was Sports Sound, I think it was Scott Sport, uh, Sports Scene, rather, that, that all run with this narrative, should it have been a red, trying to create a contra- contra- controversy that's not there. Whereas you look at the other side of the city, 
who've already forgot about the Stonewall penalty that Dundee United should have had for a blatant barge in the back, which, by the way, is denied the opportunity. And all of a sudden, we're all Masons and Masonic, the referees and everything else. It's they. It just frustrates me because there doesn't seem to be anyone out there that instead of like in positions of like punditry and stuff like that, James McFadden, I'll give him his credit, was very good on it and he spoke perfectly on it. But I'm talking about guys that are they're on social media and stuff like that. They're not interested in the laws of the game or discussing it fairly. They're only interested in causing controversy and bites and likes. That's it. It's it's not interested in the balance or or tackles or or what it was. It's just how can I create controversy? And unfortunately for us, Rangers being the biggest club in Scotland, we're the ones that, that create the biggest headlines. And what we've seen over the last two weekends is nothing short of people trying to create and bend rules and laws like you're saying to suit themselves. Not I don't I don't want this to be um, a penalty and a yellow card. I want it to be a red. So what you're saying, David, I completely concur. Um, I'll jump in a wee bit on you, on you on that, but it's just a frustration that I have that it's just it's a drain agenda driven coverage instead of being proper football narrative. Yeah, I love. The, uh, sorry, uh, the thing as well with the whole leg breaking tackle, he's not touched them. But what you want then, you want to wait for someone's leg to be broken before somebody actually says something and calls that out. Because if he does make contact with him with a straight leg, that is breaking his leg with a high mm-hmm. probability. So that's for yeah. me. He's like, oh, you can't call that leg breaking tackle unless he's broke his leg. Like, no, that's BS. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. What? <laughs> what are we talking? That's about? why we. Yeah, that's why we have charges such as attempted murder. We don't wait and see if he dies. You know, it, yeah. it, it, look, he was, he was, at, if it was me, um, I would have been raging if that red card had been given yesterday, but not with the referee. If it had been Rangers, I'd have been raging with the player because he creates entirely this situation and he's done it before. And the whole thing about, oh, does he have a reputation with referees? Yes, he's earned it. He deserves it. In the second half, Martin Boyle dived to try and win a free kick, and the ref waved it away. Does Martin Boyle have a, ref, uh, a reputation with referees? Yes, he's deserved it. He dives. So players in this very small bubble that is Scottish football, especially at the top end, which Hibs are, um, they're in the you know the top half of the, the top division, then, of course, people are going to pick up on on things, and, and I'm sure referees are going to discuss among themselves that, that player X is bad for this or that. So, you know, we saw that Alfie, and I think at times unfairly, suffered by it, and he had to change elements of his game to to stop getting into those scrapes. So, yeah, I, I think the old phrase, you know, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts, and that's what we, we saw yesterday with people... Just surreally trying to trying to change the rules, and you know afterwards I always think this is telling. Afterwards, a press conference, Jack Ross and, and Paul Hanlon both used the same phrase. They both said he's given the referee a decision. That's code for aye, it was a red card. That's I'm not following my player. Aye, that's exactly yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I'm sure you know. I think when Lennon was at Hibs, he spoke about Porteous and said, you know, I've tried. He just doesn't. He just doesn't seem to take it in. Uh, and it's going to stop him reaching his potential because clubs are going to look at him and say, "Now we can't have a guy like that who's going to endanger us by being out, by, by being suspended. Um, it won't be overturned. There's no doubt at all about that. I doubt the referee looking at that thinks I made a big error there. It's you know just... what's, 
you watch Strange about it. He doesn't need to make it at all, David. I know you touched on that earlier, oh. but he's so in control of that situation. I didn't even think he even needs to slide tackle. I think he can just go up there and get there before Rebo's getting, but oh, he flies. Just it, like, he makes uh, a decision that I am going to go in and I'm going to, and if I catch him, I catch him. That is that is literally the definition of endangering an opponent, and it's literally the definition of being out of control because you're saying if I catch him, because I don't know if I'm going to, but if I do, I do, and he'll just need to live with it. Um, and then, you know, after the red card, and obviously the crowd gets a boost, although again, you know, because of the mood that, that we've, we've been in the last couple Terrifying of weeks, the red card. people were saying, well, we're not very good against 10 men. You know, you could, <laughs> I, I mean, I, literally somebody sitting next to me said that to me. And I thought from then on in, and this is where we talk about bravery, Rangers started to do the things that I want them to do. Now, maybe not to the level that they can do them, that you spoke about earlier, maybe not the level that they know they're capable of, but they mixed it up. They tried shots from outside the box. They were bloody awful, but they tried them. They got the ball wide to the wingers and there were crosses going in, which is fine, but it wasn't only that. They were trying to play one-twos around the box. They were trying to you know, find late runners into the box. They were mixing it up and they were causing the Hibs defence problems. And that's why in the second half, there's the space for Ruth. That's why in the second half, a couple of bits of quality from the wings pay off. If it's just endless crosses, we've seen this with Rangers this season, teams get set for it. Yep. Teams, the, the defenders know they can stand in position and head the ball away. When Rangers mix it up, defenders are, do I need to run out and close because they, they might have a shot? Do I stay here? Do I follow him? Will he go for a one-two? You mix it up, you spread confusion, and that pulls people out of the spaces. And Rangers are so good at it when they do it. Now, yesterday, when the first goal goes in, I think immediately, and having watched the game back earlier, if you then watch what happens with Rangers Again, this, this intangible thing called confidence that we speak about, form, whatever you want to call it. The passing's suddenly a wee bit crisper. It's a wee bit faster. The ball isn't just going quite slightly behind the player who's receiving it. It's back to being right in front of them. And suddenly Rangers are doing that. Then when Rangers go 2-1 up, well, as Stevie said, Hibs don't get near us because the Rangers players, they're in control. They're spreading the ball about, they're passing it. When there's a you know a rare misplaced pass, somebody's in there to block it. It was noticeably difference. The two goals yesterday were like injections of adrenaline into the side. And suddenly all those little tiny things that haven't been going right suddenly went right. And it's not coincidence. It's down to just this mental boost. And that's why when we said this field would see you, you said it it felt like Motherwell last season. That's why it did. Because the players seem to react like this is a turning point. And so I think Gerard <laughs> absolutely did at the end. Gerard came into press conference and he was controlled, but he was emotional. And you could tell that. Um, he's very good. Uh, you know, Gerard's not going to go in there and start flinging teacups about it. It's not who he is, right? Nor is he going to come in and start. And I've, I've seen managers come in and it's head in the hand stuff and they're ranting and raving. And, you know, it's, it's word spew, basically. And Gerard will never do that. He's very considered. Yeah. But you can tell when he's very considered, it generally means that he's he's making sure he keeps everything in check. And he was emotional yesterday. And, and someone uh, from the press said to him, 
you know, you seemed emotional at the end. He said, oh, there's nothing wrong with showing a wee bit of emotion from time to time. And I know that some people have been saying, I didn't like that because last season, when we won every game, you know, that that he was just business as normal. And I, yeah, but it hasn't been business as normal. That's the thing. The team have been playing poorly and he knows that. And it was a huge victory yesterday and he knows that. And I think that that was a human reaction now. Steven Gerrard knows that we didn't win the league yesterday and he yeah. knows that if we come back in two weeks and play against Hearts the way we played against Dundee, there's a fair chance we're going to lose that match. But it was big because, it. I mean, we all know it as fans. You know, we all left the stadium yesterday. I, I thought at the end yesterday, I don't know what you boys thought, but I felt yesterday was as close to an old fun game, people standing and singing and staying till the end yeah. as, as you're going to get. Yeah, it was, and and uh, um, I think, as you said, the the reaction, the singing afterwards, and the the all round general feeling, you can feel it sometimes. As strange as that will sound, you can feel the atmosphere. Definitely felt that yesterday. I wanted to come back, David, to something you said in terms of Rangers doing things that are right after the the red card. Obviously, they began to dominate and and insert themselves in the game much more. Nathan Patterson suddenly became a huge positive in terms of weaponry going forward. At the end of the first half, for the last five minutes, we penned him in. He had a number of times he got to the byline, and this was one of the things that you, you'd said. And just to back up the point you were making, I totally agree with it, because instead of just looping them in, and he was firing some crosses in. Now, if you remember, there was a couple of deflections. There was a save. There was one at the back post that um, hit the boy and just went wide. And I think that's definitely given them the confidence because at the start of the second half, immediately they went. Nathan Patterson was away. He went down the right hand side. The cross ended up with Borna, who drilled it in. I think Aribo might have kind of flicked it, but Macy blocked it and it went out. Yep. But that last five minutes in the second half set the tone for the second half performance. Lundstrom followed it up. He had a shot from outside the box. Again, it wasn't very good, but it just it's it's backing up what you're saying in terms of we did mix it up. The evidence is there for that. And when Roof came on, it just changed the dynamic even more because he played right up beside Alfredo. I love that. Which which meant that we, instead of being predictable with Alfredo too wide, etc., he played right up next to him. And suddenly, Hanlon and McGregor had another question mark because Roof's movement is, is second to none. I thoroughly believe that Roof's movement in terms of the front line is the best that we've got. Yeah, agreed. Some people might disagree, but I, I no, think it is. I don't I think it's like, arguable. And, and you know, David, with me, I like Ruth, but I think he, he, he frustrates me because I know that he can be so good, but I think he's inconsistent with it. However, he when, when he came on, they did mix it up. And that'll, and another example of that was the amount of times that when Yanis Hadji cut in on his left foot or cut in on his right, Nathan Patterson also getting in on his right. So it was a lot of good play yesterday. If you look beyond the 2-1, the which seems close... Yanis Hadji had two, forced two excellent saves. Nathan Patterson was in the right-hand side twice. The two goals that we do score. Um, Scott Ryan's block on Morelos' kind of volley as well. Mine, it's kind of gone in. Sorry, and it hits uh, Hanlon in exactly. the arse. Yeah. You know. Patterson has a, a shot in the first half that I, I think was, was goal-bound, certainly. And yeah. on um, Balligan's had a header that he probably should have scored. No, yeah. We made chances. Chance wide, about 38. Yeah. 3.34 minutes just after the red card so what the, the point that we're all making and, and we're trying to make is that these things that 
like against Dundee and, and previous man, even Motherwell at home, we didn't create, we didn't mix it up. We were very predictable, so to speak. It was almost like watching what we had kind of coached ourselves out of. Yesterday, 35 minutes on, and you can argue again that the red will make a difference, but it's not our fault he got sent off. That was on them. There's nothing to do with us. We don't decide that. It was the correct decision. So on that, instead of... We, we've been at games before, all of us, where 10 men have suffocated us, and, and you can't break them down, but we moved it quickly. We moved it side to side. And I think central to this, and this is a really good bit to kind of break away slightly from yesterday and on to, because it's been a while since we've all been together, so I want to get your opinions on a couple of things, but it brings me on nicely to John Lundstrom, because he started off, we all know the situation behind him and low on confidence and maybe um, he's taking a bad red card, etc. and everyone's down on him. I don't think that John Lundstrom is necessarily a, a seven or an eight either side, but he is a six. Brilliant. I think get Ryan Jack in next to him as well. Ryan Jack's a wee bit more um, mobile as such, and I don't mean that John Lundstrom isn't, but I think John Lundstrom's more of a considered player. Like he spends time in the ball, he'll take his time on the passing and stuff like that. But yesterday, and slightly back to yesterday in terms of see when Rangers went ahead yesterday 2 1, when Davis came on, see the amount of passing interchanges Davis, Lundstrom, and Janino Bakuna did because they're all comfortable and ballers on the ball. They were all really good at keeping ball and playing ball really well. And I think John Lundstrom is strong in doing that. He's strong in winning the second ball. But my point being, something I wanted to come back to you both and ask is in terms of our recruitment and where we are, I think it's really important. And we've got to learn the lessons of previously that we give these guys time. John Lundstrom has had a difficult start. Even in my mind, he still needs to prove himself. And that may sound harsh. I think I like the look of him at certain times, but other times, like Sakala, I think we need to give him time. CJ, we are guilty as a fan base of, of doing rash things and, and writing people off. I've seen it with Scott Wright. Scott Wright's maybe dipped in form slightly or he's not producing. And we know, we've spoke about it a lot ourselves. Obviously, I really like him in the <laughs> Yeah, I've never, yeah, you never mentioned I never it. knew that, yeah. No, I would never, never yeah, guess jokingly, that. You were jokingly over-egged it and stuff like that. Jokingly, my I did jokingly like that right now. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I love him. But anyway, <laughs> carry it on. But like people, you know, a couple of dips in performances and we're writing them off. We need to be, you know, the point I'm trying to get, we, we need to be more relaxed in terms of allowing these guys time. And it is difficult because it's, you know, it's pressure build. We're, we're all wanting results. But CJ, we've, we're have we searching for form. We've got to allow these guys time. I I mean, it's, it's difficult anyway when you're, whenever you're coming, you're joining a new team, a new setup, and everything like that. And then you're joining a team that isn't really playing well in total, you know, I mean, isn't it as if everyone else is firing on all cylinders and Lundstrom, Sakala, Scotty Ray or something like that came into the team and then they're sticking out like a sore thumb because they aren't producing and everyone else is. It was just, it's kind of a thing right now. We've not got much consistency off the park and that's bleeding to the consistency on the park. So I, I always knew like Lundstrom would turn it around and in fact, because I did quite back him and everything like that. But after his first couple of games, I was like, oh no, this could be going absolutely worse and worse. But I'm proud of the laddie, but I mean, there's been so many examples of people coming in and taking a wee out of just Barisic, who we've already mentioned, obviously had that horrific first year where I thought it wasn't going to get any better because like the last game of the season, he gave a penalty away versus Kilmarnock and I went, oh no, I really thought it was over for the lad. Oh, I wrote him off. Yeah, yeah I, I did too. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was his last because he had came back in after Flanagan had been playing and then he gave away. I honestly thought he was done, but sometimes it just takes time and it takes a moment for a player. And I'm starting to look now. Lundstrom seems to be picking up slowly but surely, getting stronger and stronger in his position. And I'm sure Davis is helping him along with that position as well and learning what the role requires. And I, I, I do. Everyone is kind of panicking about Sakala because he's no scoring goals and all that. I think it's just going to take some time. Um, I, I mean, I think the magnifying glass is a wee bit um, harder now on the new signings because we haven't been playing so well. I feel like maybe if we were playing really well, people wouldn't be digging them out so much. But I think it's just patience and I think it will take one moment um, from each of the signings and it will happen. And hopefully Sakala's is against Hearts. David, yeah. have, you seen, have you seen enough of the new boys to... To be confident, and I have. I've got to be honest. I don't look at Sakala. I know he's a bit raw and a bit, you know, he needs. He's a diamond that needs polish, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, I'm not worried about him. You know, at the point I'm trying to make, I'm not worried about yeah. him. Yeah, definitely. Just, I think that Sakala is. I mean, he's he's really raw. He, he yeah. really is. Um, he, for example, I think like time in his runs. Um, to avoid being offside, he's all go all the time, yeah, and he's, he's not he's not good at that, and he has to learn to kind of stop getting overexcited and wandering through. Now he won't have played for a team that teams use such an offside line against. You know yeah. that 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 he won't have played against a team who has as much ball as that. So that's something that you've got to mature in, and that's something you've got to get better in. Um, his touch at, at times can be absolutely brilliant, and at other times. You know, second touch as a tackle, as the phrase goes. Yep. So there, there's a lot of work on him, but you know that that was kind of one of the reasons we've signed him, and we're hoping that a guy who will improve over the next two to three years, and and as you say, Stevie, become a cut diamond at the end of that rather than an uncut one. Lundstrom um, was an interesting one because when he arrived, I, he didn't look fit. Okay, yeah, and that that's something that. I think <laughs> he, he's one of these players. I he's one of these players who I think because of his natural body shape. See when you see him in the flesh. He is not a big guy in terms of, you know, his body shape, but he does look it on a football field next to all these, you know, stick pins. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's true. Ne- next to these guys who are more traditional footballer builds. So he's not a Ronaldo. Um, that's what you're saying. Is. No, and he never will be, but nor is he fat, right? Yeah. Nor, nor is he fat. He just, he has, you know, he's kind of that Wayne Rooney body shape, that kind of, you know, just kind of bigger guy. But, when he arrived, he was shit out of form. He got dropped into the team, which was also shit out of form. And he he clearly didn't know how the team played. That was the first problem. And we were so used to, because we had a midfield that hadn't really changed for, what, three, four years by that? Well, at least two. Um, we had guys like Davis, Kamara, um, before that, Jack Arfield, etc., Aribo. They all know what the team does. And... We are a highly tactical team. Everybody has very specific jobs. And he didn't have a clue. And that's why in matches, it looked as though he was just wandering into places with no idea why he was there. Because he was. He really was. That's that, That's why he ends up getting that stupid red card against Alish Kerr. Just frustration at getting in people's way. Um, and he went away and he came back. And we're beginning to see what he can do. And I totally agree. Him and the manager have said a few times where he can play as a six or he can play as an eight. Um 
can and he should, right? Maybe he can play as an eight, but he should not. Um, certainly not for a team the way that we play. He's a six. He's brilliant at going in, winning the ball, recycling it, getting it moving, getting it forward to the guys who in our team you know, should have the ability to cut teams open. Um, he breaks in opposition attacks and he's got a commanding presence, all of which we need. There has been the thing about him and Davis playing together, can they? Well, let's be honest, John Lundstrom signed with an eye to the future when it comes to Stephen Davis, right? You know, Stephen Davis is still obviously an important player for us, but he is 27. (laughs) Well, I wish, I really do. But, but, you know, so Lundstrom is going to take over that role in an ideal world. Bakuna, I haven't seen enough of yet. I've seen certainly flashes um, of, of real ability from him. And I think that 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 has been important. But again, yeah, in terms of writing people off, when we're frustrated, we lash out. And players who've got credit in the bank will tend to, understandably and deservedly, because they've earned it and we know what they're capable of. But I mean, it it, it comes it towards everybody uh, when when the team isn't playing well. I mean, this season I've seen McGregor and Davis are too old. Balligan, who you know had a couple of poor games, but has been absolutely sensational. I think. Um, you know, that. Yeah, I think. By the way, <laughs> thank oh, God, I, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he was, you know, sensational yesterday, and he has been, you know, terrific. Um, Balian wasn't up to it. Uh, Barisic had lost it. You know, Tav's lost it. It's frustration, uh, and it's it's just people being upset and angry, and 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 it's noisy because I do it. You know, we all do it when we're at oh, the game. Yeah, we you know, all do it's, it, absolutely. Why can't you be better? Because I know you are. You know, we're not asking guys who don't have the ability, you know, the whole Warburton thing. We're not asking guys who don't have the ability to do the job we've asked them to do, which is unfair on the player. I always thought a good example of that was someone like Jason Hole, who you got the level of performance at Jason Hole every week that he was capable of giving. Right. And and therefore any criticism of him was unwarranted because it wasn't that he was playing badly. He was playing as well as he possibly could, but that wasn't the level we need. It's different with these guys. They, they are good players and they do have ability and they do have the talent to go on and produce a wee bit more. But I, I think that you know this, right? Overall this season, we haven't been playing well. There's been bits. Stevie was... There's been in every game so far, even Thursday night when overall we were rotten, first 20 minutes was pretty decent. Um, we just didn't build on it, and we've seen a good half here and there, or a good you know spell within a game. But we've kept the results at a decent level. Not in Europe. Europe we've been awful, and there's no getting away from that. You know, we've had one win in what six now, and against, in all honesty, a very very poor side that we struggled to put away over two legs. But domestically, they've kept their head above water and they've met the challenges as they've come along. Now, I'm a great believer that you can't bring ability back if it isn't there, right? You can't form, yes. Ability, no. And Rangers clearly do have ability, showed it last season. So I can understand where the manager and us as supporters are saying, do you know what? We get it. We haven't been good and we need to get better because we need to be, you know, back to what Rangers are capable of. But domestically, at least, Europe's a different thing. Europe can run away from you quite quickly. And I think, you know, based on the next two results, we'll know if it has. But domestically, keep your head above water because there will come a point when everybody's back in the side and fit. Oh, and you're playing. Yeah, well, exactly. And we'll start 
we'll start murdering teams. And even in that run, there'll still be ones where we go away from home to a tricky game and win one now and the performance isn't great. But to win titles, that's what you do. That's yeah. what you need to do. Now, we can't play like this all season and expect that we'll win the league because it's unlikely. Not impossible, by the way, due to the standard of the opposition, but unlikely. You're giving them an opportunity. I've said it and I stick by this. See if Rangers were to go come back from this international break and go in a two-month run of good form, that would probably put the league away, in all honesty, because yeah. it, it would build up a scoreboard pressure on the opposition that they wouldn't be able to handle. So that's the situation that we're in. And that, I think, is a frustration of Rangers fans that we're not, in terms of ability and squad, neck and neck. In my opinion, you know, people might disagree. We're not neck and neck with our opponents. We are significantly ahead of them. Due to the fact that Rangers have played at best, I'd say, 50% of their capabilities so far this season. And there we sit at the top of the league, six points clear of the only realistic title contenders for us. So it's, it's, you know, glass half full, half empty, depending on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at it and say, no, we're just rubbish. um, You know, one of the silliest things I've seen is people saying, Oh well, if you actually look at it, maybe last year was the anomaly in Gerard's reign, oh, and it's like that's that's that. just yeah because it, that is just so silly because it doesn't take into account the over you build things to get to a team in much the same way as it wouldn't be fair although they'll probably do it with Postecoglou because it's going to take him two years to build oh, yeah. a, a team. Any manager needs a couple of years, a few windows. The Rangers were a project, and it took three years to build us into a, a title-winning team. So the idea of saying that you take each season in isolation, um, I think just suits an argument that you want to make. For me, it's a case of looking at the squad and saying we know what we're capable of. We do understand that last year was a bit of a freak in many ways, right, in terms of the goals conceded um, for a start. You know, the, the Rangers hit records last year, and when you hit records, it's an exceptional season. Now, I'm not expecting Rangers to match what they did last year. I wish they would, but I don't expect them to. But I do believe we've been playing about 50%. If we can even play about 80% of last season, Rangers will win the league by about 15 points. That would be let's, nice. let's throw in, CG, I'm going to throw some context at you oh. in terms of people talking about form and stuff, because it is interesting. This season so far, we've had 13 different back fives, including the goalkeeper, mm. nine midfield threes, and 13 different front threes. There were oh, yeah, six I mean. changes yesterday. You take out of that team Holanda, Tavernier, Jack, Davis, and Ryan Kane, who were five mainstays in, in selection um, last season. We played 56 games last year. We lost three times. In terms of, not a hangover as such, but in terms of physical and mental exhaustion into that and everything that we've put up with so far this season, injury, suspension, COVID, unavailability, etc. It's pretty damn remarkable, in my opinion, that domestically we have done so well. Yeah, We've had some huge challenges which we've managed to overcome. We've not kind of recorded this season so far. So we can look at it as, as you know, the, the whole thing altogether so far domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, we've come through it pretty well. Yeah, we, we, we've dropped points at Dundee United, which was a poor performance as a result. Yes, we dropped home at, at Motherwell. But there's been signs elsewhere um, lately, in my opinion, that we're picking up. It's not so much 
um, sustained 90 minute stuff. But yesterday, as I said, for 60 minutes, I thought we were a lot better. But in terms of context and, and looking at what we've had to deal with, CJ, it's pretty, it's, to me, it's, I'm not going to say it's ever acceptable that we've lost games in Europe or some, but I understand yeah. the position we're I in. Know and, I, and I think in terms of when you look at everything, going into old firms, you know, with no recognised first-choice goalkeepers, etc., centre-backs at right back, all sorts of nonsense that we had to put up with, I think we've done bloody well. We have, mate. Um, it's just one of these things. It's been more of a battle like on the park and off the park this season. And like the players that we've lost, something that Gerard said, I think it was the press conference coming into this game just before it, and everybody saying the only player that's been available for every game has been Stephen Davis. And that's frightening when you actually think about that. Like, and it's kind of gives you an understanding of why there hasn't been so much consistency on the park and it's not been as smooth just because we've not been able to get these relationships again. We've not been able to get people on a run with each other starting to get in a rhythm. We've just not had that at all, eh? But like you said, we're still top of the league. We've made it further in a cup competition this season than we did last year <laughs> during that campaign, let's be honest with that. And that's just playing bad. We're in a semi-final, so I'll take wins with that and I'm happy with that. Make it all the way there and win the whole thing. Europe's obviously going to be the one down on. That's where I've been really bitterly disappointed, if I'm honest with you. That's been my one where I've went, we've really lost belief in who we are and who we became in Europe. But as you always said to me last season when I was getting used to this winning hang, he was like, this is what it used to be like. <laughs> so maybe I'm getting my wee taste of the new, but I just think over the next couple of games, this international break, I'm going to say something I've never really said before, I'm actually looking forward to because that gives us a wee bit of time to get everyone ready to go, get the likes of Ryan Kent back in, Ryan Jack back into the squad. I think that will give us a platform and then if we can pick off uh, where we left off with this win over Hibs by beating Hearts, I think that will just be the confidence because I can look back on this game versus Hibs and it just felt different. And I think Gerard showed that at the end that this could be the the spark almost that we've been waiting to get us up for that 50%. We've been waiting for a result or a game or a performance. I thought it was going to be Celtic, but it wasn't quite that. But I think this and I think Gerard's release will get the players rocking. And I, 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 do, I do think we're going to go ahead now and start finding some consistency off the park and on. That'd be lovely. On that, Stevie, um, you know, people, I think, understand the three years tend to be in the more optimistic camp of Rangers fans. So this, what I'm about to say, might come as a bit of a surprise. Personally, I do think Europe's probably ran away from us this season. I think we've we've no Most room, what's, yeah, I don't think we've any room whatsoever for manoeuvre and that's a difficult place to be. And now, you know, they, if we were to turn the next three games into, point, uh, into nine points, then it's a radically different thing but you kind of would have to turn the next three games you would think yeah, into nine points yeah. yeah so that presents a difficulty straight away that puts you in a, an awkward position um and i do think that that will be the thing that unfortunately does make the make a difference or, or, or is radically different to the last few seasons i think that the we've given ourselves probably too much to do i hope i'm wrong right and i do expect us to you know the, the the next match and things might look a little bit different but i just i i, I a wee bit too much to do now this season in terms of coming out of this league um again you never know leon will clearly be through by the last game um and that would you know if we need something there but you didn't want to put yourself in a, a position where we're going to leon in that last game needing something and it, it could well be what what happens so 
that might be the disappointment. And and to be honest, now there's not. I know it'll be bitterly disappointing to the management team and the players who who really do value their European involvement. If it happens, I might be wrong, but it would be a a pretty decent comeback to come back. I think you know, I think you've got to have something on the board after two two games. Um, and the fact that you know we don't, and there's no doubt there's been a regression in Europe. As I say, we've played six matches. I think we've been awful in all of them. Yeah, I can't um, argue with that. I think, you know, I, I don't even think there's one you can say we were good or we were unlucky. Yes, we had a lot of the ball against Prague, but we didn't make anything and they missed some absolute sitters. Um, yeah, that was a four or five nothing game. Oh, if they'd be clinical, yeah. then they could have put us away by three, by certainly by, you know, three no bother. Uh, and we wouldn't have had a lot of complaints about it, unfortunately. So, I think that will be the thing. So that means that, you know, the league this season, as always, incidentally, league is always a bread and butter, but this year, especially with the Champions League qualification and, and the attendant money that it will bring, um, is enormous to us in terms of being able to freshen up the squad, which certainly by next summer we'll, we'll desperately need to be freshened up. Um, against that, then it does mean that there's, you know, massive room for improvement in the cups, as we know, which which was something that that needed needed doing. Um, and again, there will be a little bit of trepidation when we go to these matches because you can't instill confidence until you have given fans a reason for that confidence to be there. And Rangers under Stephen Gerrard have not done that in the cups, so this is a challenge for them. It's one that. I think that everyone was aware of in the summer. So far, so good. Although you know you would have expected us to come through the ties that we've that we've come through. We got a difficult match at Hamden against Hibs uh, coming up in the in semi final. Easy, but, easy, mate. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. But I think that that is you know this season domestic has now wouldn't aim at the start of the season absolutely wasn't and in, in fact I think a large part of the hangover was the disappointment from Malmo for both players and supporters I think we were all gutted not only by going out but the manner in which we did and I think that you know we look at Malmo and Ludogorets and say that a Rangers team firing this Rangers team firing should absolutely have been capable of beating both of those and getting to the Champions League so it was a huge opportunity missed and it did hurt um I think now Europe this season, the Europa League is is going to be uh, that that will be the main difference. I think from previous seasons, the the way to make up for that, uh, and I know financially, etc., the argument is quite correct that nothing makes up for it domestically, but uh, certainly in the the hearts of fans, the way to make up for it, retain that league title, add a cup or two, ideally both, um, and then. You know that the, the people will go right. Fair enough, because then you have got guaranteed Champions League qualification next season, and and nobody would expect us to go into Champions League, you know, and, and tear it up. Certainly not in your first go round. Um, I think you just need to look at Malmo, um, and the kind of horrors that they're going through at the moment, and and will continue to. I mean, they're they're going to take six pretty serious duffings, I think, in their group. But that wasn't that wasn't Malmo's aim this season. Malmo's aim was just to get, get into it, get the intended <laughs> money. And it's the same for us next season. So um, I, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope we, that we duff Bronway uh, home and away. And then we've got, uh, you know, things will look different. I just think when you put yourself into a situation in any European group stage where you pretty much have to win all your games, you haven't allowed yourself any room for manoeuvre whatsoever. And I think that, that is a very difficult situation to find yourself in if you have hopes to qualify. So, of course, then the next thing is we'll get to third 
at least and make sure that you're in the Conference League. And then the Conference League would be one that if a Rangers team was playing well, um, you would look at the clubs and say, certainly clubs that would be favourites ahead of us, but we would fancy our chances of having a real serious go at that. So that's the minimum standard that we accept. Certainly wasn't what we were after at the start of the season, but it is the minimum standard that we need to that we need to look to now. CJ, as we round this up and we are in a very good position, I think that's key. I think it's key to remember there's, you know, we, we talk a lot about form and, you know, quality, etc. We've got quality, the form will come, is my opinion on it. I'm not too downhearted in terms of where we are. I, no, I mean, I've, I've got questions about the form. David, I'll tell you, I've been, I've been whinging a wee bit by my standards this last week. Really? So yeah. yeah. No. Um so <laughs> we bet. No, no, you know. You not know, overly. Not but no. in, my, in terms of me. But for you, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, like a like a Stevie scale. I get you, I get you, I get you. I, 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 we're judging on a we're, we're grading on a curve. I, um, I get you. you know, by any by any deal standard he's been, you know, standing in the the UB with a mic, um, with a megaphone and a wee shout out to Ross who's just finished up doing uh, doing yeah, the capo nice. after ten years. Um and done a great job and he will be missed. But uh, aye, by by Stevie standards, it's you know Stevie's a Stevie's already got his Christmas decorations up. <laughs> well, I'm I not. You? I'm not kidding. <laughs> but CJ the pen. <laughs> Alfredo Morelos at the top of it. Honestly, <laughs> Scott right. Jerry from the Spice Girls. <laughs> um, sum up for us where we are. In terms of your your kind of happiness overall, etc. Um, kind of backing up everything you've sort of said so far. We know we're no perfect, and right now we're no firing all cylinders. But we're top of the league. We're in through the semi final, and Europe's obviously a very difficult position. But if we can play to the standard, we give ourselves a chance, and that's all you really ever want. So it's not always going to be doom and gloom for me. I remember even last season during our undefeated streak and everything, there was games where it was ugly and it wasn't great. So I'm just hoping we come back now, fully fit, get a wee bit luck off the park, and that'll hopefully bleed onto the park as well. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right, mate. And now we've back, we've brought this podcast back, man. And we've got nothing to worry about. That's sleep, it. Sleep easy tonight. That's it. Stun, stun. And you're Andy, welcome. Where are you with it all? <laughs> yeah, similar. I mean, I, I, I'll be on it. I got a wee bit of criticism because my confidence in winning the title was never wavered because I, I, I don't think the opposition level was up to much. And I don't think that that's me um, being dismissive of other sides. I just think that, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to end up for, for Celtic, you know, with what they're trying to do. But I just, I don't see them having the consistency this season to be able to 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 put together a challenge that, that will see us off. That doesn't mean we don't need to be better. Um, yeah. But I've, I, I have believed that, that Rangers would win the league from minute one and, and nothing I've seen this season, believe it or not, even as poor as we've been, changes it. Because I, I probably do tend to go under that I don't believe Rangers can play the way they've been playing all season. I think it's just, you know, there will be a spell. Even even teams lower in the, the division with less ability than us have good spells throughout a season. Uh, so I think that we really only need one. Uh, and look, that's just the circumstance, and it might change next season. You know, Celtic could build throughout this in the next window and, and have a right good team ready to go at the start of next year. Uh, I'm not saying that. Hearts and Hibs, every year people say, "Have spell, you, yep. yeah." And you're, ta- you're at the start of the year, somebody, and they go, oh, "You're taking them too lightly. They could win the league." No, they can't. 
Okay, it's just I'm sorry, but no, they can't. It's it's not gonna happen. Well, Leicester City, yeah, Leicester City still had players in their team that cost you know twenty million quid. So let's yeah. you know let's you know, let's remember that. But but no, I think that the idea that either of them will win the league is not true. They could act as spoilers because they'll pick up points against you know the, the the team. But only Rangers or Celtic can win the league in Scotland. That is as close to a fact as you can get really? in in football. And I think that it will be us. But I think that we do have to improve in the Cups. I don't even think it's a negotiable now. I think we've got... And look, improvement isn't getting to a final. Improvement's winning it. Yeah, winning uh, that's, yeah that's all we're interested in this year. We have got to pick up Cup victories because the team itself needs to put to bed that it can't win Cups um, the way it proved last year when it won the league. So we're not going to win the league by 25 points again, I don't think. But I do think we'll win it by, by a hefty margin. Um, and as I mentioned there, I think probably the only disappointment I suspect when we do our end-of-season review will probably be Europe. I mean, to back up your statement about yeah, Hibs and Hearts and everything, like, remember after the first month, everyone said Aberdeen was going to win the league and be challenging. Nah. Yeah, uh, so that just kind of backs up. <laughs> yeah, it, look, these teams are capable, but there's two things that, that really hurt them. Firstly, is squad, as yep. we know, right? Firstly, is squad depth. They simply don't have it. Rangers have shown that they could be, you know, without X amount of players or without players in form and be able to get by and get to where they are. And to be fair, Celtic, when they were winning titles, were exactly the same. Hibs and Hearts can't do that, and it's not fair to ask them to do that, right? They They, they just can't, especially not in a COVID world um but it hasn't gone away yet and the thing about covid you know someone asked me last week about why don't rangers press at the moment i said well there's a few reasons for it firstly um the the fact that the team's been changing means that the press isn't as organized so somebody goes at the wrong time you leave a space and you end up getting played that makes the team a wee bit more red in his legs People don't like to hear about, you know, COVID affecting players, but anyone who's had COVID will tell you, you don't have it and then it clears up and you're fine. It's it's weeks and weeks, you know, to get back to the, you know, to to get yourself back to that peak fitness. So the players simply haven't had the legs to be able to press with the effectiveness that they've done in previous seasons. So they've had to adapt. And as I say, then the confidence thing and then the, right, well, will I go? Are you going? I thought you were going. Oh, and bad situations are coming. So again, I think that... Yeah, second guessing, very phrase for it. And again, I think that will come um, through time. But that's that's entirely it. And the second reason that I don't believe it has a Hearts or an Aberdeen can win the league is that they don't believe it. It's a, you know, that it really is that simple. They do not believe that they could win the title. Um, and therefore, even if they had the ability, that would be a huge mental challenge, as we saw a couple of times under Gerard, um, to, to feel you can go and cross that line which for them would be even bigger than it was for us, and it was big for us. So, no, it, it's not going to be Hibs, Hearts or Aberdeen or Dundee United or whoever. It's going to be Rangers or Celtic. And I think that the difference is Celtic will have to go some to win the league. Rangers will have to go some to not win the league. And that's the difference. And it's similar, to, yeah. Yeah, it's similar to where we were a few seasons ago. Um and it might change in the future, but for where we sit right now in October 2021, that, I believe, is the situation. What about you, Stevie? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to disagree with anything, really. I'm, I'm a wee bit more concerned about various aspects of our form, um, but I do believe that it's, like, my concern isn't that, oh, my God, it'll never get fixed. 
my concern is just like everybody else that players, certain players are a wee bit off form and think. But overall, when you look at it in context and balance and, and not five minutes after drawing it with Motherwell or, or getting beat in Europe when you're furious and everything's rubbish, etc. But I think when you look at it overall in context that the, the challenges we've had, we've done very well to be sitting where we are. Uh, I'm very pleased with the overall domestic performance. Europe's a big disappointment. I agree with both of your comments there. I, I don't see us being out of it yet, but I mean, it all hinges on the next 180 minutes. Bromby doubleheader must be maximum points yep. to, uh, to to have any hope. And I, I think, strangely, if we do get maximum points, <laughs> you know, I, I think then we're favourites to, to finish second. So, but I don't even think the second puts you through anymore. I think the second takes you into a kind of playoff to play. Yeah, you play the Champions League teams. Yeah, that comes drop to... out. So would, yeah. we would, be, would we be better going third into the Conference League? Who knows? But I would just like to see is I think that it's all confidence based. If we can put in at least some better showings and and get some goals and and get some kind of better performances in Europe, the results will come anyway. And I think that's all kind of relative to where we are. In, in terms of, I'm hoping yesterday is a, is a spark, the, the whole thing from, from Gerard and stuff, and, and I hope that that will kind of kick us on. But overall, I'm happy. I'm happy with where we are. It's not been perfect, but sometimes in adversity, you learn a lot from who you've got around you and stuff. And I'm hoping that the management would have seen that. We've come through stuff quite well. I think we've got a better idea of, of where the squad is as well in terms of, of where we need to go and, and what we need. But there's still there's, there's plenty of time for players to, to find their form and plenty of time for us to click into gear. And we've always been, and see if you look at it as well, gents, right? Even back to Gerard's first year, we've always been a very patchy side mm-hmm. in terms of like for three, four months, we can be absolutely dynamite. Even last year, if you want to truthfully look at it, between September to December, we were unreal. We thrashed everybody, um, scored goals for fun. Everybody was on form. You could argue that when January came about, towards March, we dipped. Yep. And we were a wee bit off form. But because we were so far ahead, and because we were still at very minimum getting draws, etc., well, then people didn't look. But if you're telling me at the moment that we're off form, then that means that come the really vital time, November, December, January, um, albeit we know there's a break there, that we're going to hit form, then I'll take that every day of the week. Because like David says, when we do hit form, I thoroughly believe that we will leave the rest in our week. Give me goosebumps there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that, boys. I think we've uh, we've taken up enough of everybody's time. So yeah. I think before we go, CJ, tell us about where we can find you and, and what's going on over at the Novo Nation. Uh, I'm just... Still doing the still doing the thing, mate. Uh, CJ Novo nine and two, waiting for you to call me back, Stevie, to get me back here. If I'm honest with you, I've just been sitting here every week just with a laptop on me. I wonder if Stephen's going to message me this day. No, oh, he's no message me. I'll just go back to him. But I mean, it's good to be. <laughs> it's, it's 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 good to be back, mate. Honestly, a rough opening fifteen minutes, but once we found our passing, I thought we had we'd got the ball doing well. I like it. Can't wait till next time, mate. That's it. We had uh, we we made plan A better. I think. <laughs> David, what's uh, is there any point in asking you about heart and hand? Because you never know. I probably know no, more. Since I'm just probably, yeah, you pr- you probably know more about what's going on at heart and hand than than I do. But uh, no, it's, it's been nice and quiet over at heart and hand, hasn't it? Since <laughs> well, it is international, <laughs> break, David. So, uh, uh, you know, thank 
Things have been wonderful at Heartlands, you know. It's just uh, so. What have you been up to lately? As well, you know, I had a beef with a national news, uh, but uh, no, no, it loads and loads of great. One of the one of the things, obviously, the last few months, maybe we didn't plan it, but uh, one of the things that, that in adversity you come through is that there's been uh, not deliberately, but we've we've had a bit of a freshen up of you know arrival of new podders you know stevie's doing more young ross is on the team now we're, we're getting um loads of new content but still of all the old favorites that are there you know you still have martin and adam and, and andy and all those guys as well uh so yeah if you want to come join us we we had that massive boost uh which was just wonderful we're up to seven thousand subscribers now um absolutely one in the eye for the daily record they tried to get us cancelled and they pushed us to numbers we'd never been to in our lives which is just spectacular uh irony but uh yeah if you want to you want to hear more from those folks go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and uh from 199 per month we're still i think pretty good value for for what you get you get four or five shows every single day and uh, it really is, you know, I think the best place for for Rangers news because you know we, we've got press conf- press conferences in full, we've got reports from the games. It's it's pretty good, I think, but I'm biased. I can't wait now that you've just done that really good pitch to then go to Stevie and just have him do his usual. I can't wait for right. this. Well, I do a blog. Read it. I do son. I do a blog. You read it. Don't read it. I don't give a fuck. You know, uh, just do what you want to do. You anyway. do with your life, you know. <laughs> And with myself, yeah. uh, please go and check out Four Lads Had a Dream. Uh, hopefully people have, have heard of it and know where it is. Um, like David says, um, I, I'm kind of with David now on, on match days. We I do an alternative kind of match report, which I hope people are enjoying, certainly by feedback, etc. We are, which is basically you read it more or less as it's live. So yesterday at half time, you would have seen me going, oh, for fuck's sake, this is not going well. <laughs> But then by 90 minutes, we're the best team in the world, which is when you read it back, sometimes it can be quite funny because you're reading it like it's live. So I hope that people are enjoying that. You also get the weekly blogs, which is just me just prattling on and enjoying, you know, enjoying Rangers. And that's what we all love. And we all we're all here for, basically. And also as well, delighted as well. David's has been great with me. He's invited me on to heart and hand and we've done some really good things. On the back of um, evolution of, of Stephen Gerrard, David and I will be back soon with our next instalment of that. But at the moment, we've got a new show called Rangers Then and Rangers Now, which is a chance for all the heart and hand holders, chief exec, to, to get involved. So if you fancy coming on and telling us about your Rangers first and your Rangers Nows, which is basically your first goal to write up until your, your favourite last goal, etc., tells about 55 and everything else, your first Rangers talk, all sorts of stuff. Um, if you want to do that, then just drop us a wee line and we'll get back to you, we'll get you on. And um, you'll find us on Heart and Hand quite a bit, which has been great and really enjoyable. And and we'll be back, boys. Um, we'll be back next month in the international break. We'll get together and, and we'll be... There's another one of them! Oh, for oh yes. What the fuck? Well, there'll be eight wins by this one. Oh, no, I mean, they're happy to come back to the show, but another. Oh, oh, these are. Who do we write to? There must oh, be. There has you to know, be somebody. There has to be somebody. Like, like, oh. Well, apparently, according to a certain newspaper, that you were to sack yourself. So maybe yeah. you just write yourself a letter, mate. That's it. Maybe just write myself, say no more international breaks, and see see what happens. Check the spam folder, yeah. mate. Probably one of my yeah one of my favourite things ever. David Edgar has still not uh, been removed from Heart and Hand. Well, no, mate. 
Because it's mine. <laughs> because it's mine. And I didn't do anything. But apart from that, you know, fantastic. Well done, Dick. <laughs> and on that note, from CJ Novo, Mr Edgar and myself, we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Podcast Network.